0: And that is launched out to deep left field. Big fly for Mike Trout. This is ground ball to second base. Red Heathel falls down, picks it up, fires the first. The Angels have no hit. The Seattle Mariners. Let's go on. Big fly for Anthony Redendone. Hey guys, I'm Alex Curry. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. Red and Marsh. This is Chris Ardugan. You're listening to the All Angels Podcast. And welcome to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. I am Daniel Garcia on this episode. Um, this will be my first episode that I am actually talking about topics that have been in the news for Angel fans, and honestly just baseball fans in general too. I am streaming this live on our Instagram live feed, Halo underscore Haven. Um, so as questions pop up on there, I will start answering those as well, um, especially too if they tie into the kind of subjects I already wanted to talk about. We'll go to that. So if it seems kind of jumping around, that's why. Again, uh, follow us on our Instagram, Halo underscore Haven, so you can see when we do these live feeds and we can do these uh, Q&As. And I'm sure as more and more of the season gets closer and hopefully uh, more details either come out about the lockout or even hopefully the lockout ends in general, um, we'll have more information, more stuff for you guys to ask, more information. you know, they'll get back to signing guys and talking to guys and all that stuff. That's something that we look forward to. But again, uh, Ron halo underscore Haven on Instagram. That's where we do our Instagram lives. I'm on there now. And as we let people kind of roll in and, and take a seat, if you will, um, you know, I'll start talking about something that, uh, popped up not too long ago. Um, news with the angels. And that is a return of a former player, um, former reliever for the Angels, making a comeback, and that is Ty Buttre. Um He announced on his Twitter space, I believe, about a week ago, maybe a week and a half ago as I'm recording this, that he is planning to come back if the Angels um, would have him. So with that news, I kind of put out a question thing on Instagram, and if you, know, if you use Instagram, you kind of know what I'm talking about. And I was actually very surprised that the reaction from the fans was fairly split. Obviously, you have those Angel fans that, you know, kind of like once an Angel, always an Angel um, kind of deal. And there, honestly, there were some people that thought um, he should not even get a chance. You know, he quit on the team, this and that, blah, blah, blah. Like, it was very, very split. It was very um, down the down the middle, I would say. There was, I don't think there was, you know, an overwhelming support or overwhelming negative Uh, response to that and as we say i I see a comment on here uh, on our instagram live hell yeah i hope the angels invite him to spring training that's the thing i I don't know how this works with buttry technically he's not a free agent technically the angels added him to the restricted list which i believe how that works is that the angels own his rights forever however long his contract is 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 available or he would be under contract for the angels seeing that he wasn't necessarily like in his last year of the deal. I think he had like two years left of control or three years left of control angels still have the rights to him. He left the team on the 40 man roster. So I don't know how this works as far as if he comes back, does that 40 man roster spot return to butchery or does he have to go through the process of being a um, minor leaguer, non, uh, non-40man roster and then if he does come back as a 40 man um, and as he comes back uh, you know on the 40 man roster can he actually make those moves because of the lockout you can't angels MLB baseball cannot make any moves signing releasing trading anyone that's on the 40 man roster so if buty does come back and angels do want to uh, do want to come back can the angels do that now or if that's something that needs to happen down the road? Again, you're right. The Riverside Hale said he technically retired. Well, he technically retired, but he will be, He again, like I said, he he was uh, on the, an active list for the Angels, so the Angels own his rights until he that contract would theoretically expire. And him being under control for a couple years, I think, obviously, it would be a couple years before. He would, be, he would have to be retired, I think, for like three years before he can come out and just be a, a, a full free agent. So with that being said, I think it's kind of tricky – to see how this is all going to work. Again, if he's still technically part of the 40 man roster, if the Angels take him off that restricted list, can they actually do that right now because of the lockout? Because they can't have any contact with any 40 man roster player at all. And obviously, you see that with <laughs> if you go on MLB.com, you see the players' faces, and the MLB now doesn't have the likeness of them, they just have their name. Uh, the Player Association owns the likeness of the players. So, Technically, MLB can't use their face or anything like that to sell tickets, sell videos, um, even like hype videos. They can't even use that stuff. So if Buttry is still on the man on the 40-man roster, this might be something that we are unaware of or might not have a uh, resolution to until after the lockout happens, whenever that happens. And, you know, for his role, and again, if you've been listening to us or downloading us for a while now, first of all, thank you. Second of all, you... Are familiar with? We did have Ty butchery before the 2020 season, um, and uh, right before spring training or during spring training, right before uh, the shutdown. Literally, we talked to him uh, on the podcast. We go to spring training the next week. We meet him. We talk to him, and then four days later, everything gets shut down. So, personally, I like the guy. The guy is great. His, him and his wife are great. They're doing a lot of things now on social media, which I think is really good. But if I'm going to separate the artist from the art, and again, Ty is a great guy. I don't want people to misconstrue like, Oh, you don't want him back or you don't like him or just like, like I just looking at what he's done and how he ended that last uh, 20 season. You know what? And he, and he said the fans not being in stands had a big part to do with it, which I agree, which I totally believe he has no reason to make that up or fabricate any kind of excuse or anything. But I believe that. But if, if, you know, how much, if 2020 didn't end the way he wanted to, which I, I believe he, he you know, he would agree, and then you set out for a year, I'm just not sure how much of a, you know, every everyone hopes, everyone is really hoping for the butt tree of 2019. Well, Angel fans have been really hoping for the Justin Upton of, you know, 2013, but doesn't mean it's going to happen. And they've been hoping for that since they first got him. So with that being said, I don't know how much of a value to the Angels as far as a primary reliever. Could I see a role where he might be a up and down, you know, someone gets used up a couple nights in a row, they need a fresh arm, he gets brought up, he gets, you know, he gets his innings that way, and then if he gets on a roll, he stays up. I can see him definitely doing that, but I cannot see him being... um you know the the seventh eighth inning guy just because of the lack of lack of activity he's had in in major league baseball he could be working out he could be you know pitching to people he could be pitching to mlb caliber players like on their off time or um you know that kind of stuff but he's not doing that during the season those kind of mlb caliber players are playing major league baseball who's he throwing to off seasons are totally different so i think he needs to be kind of on that prove it deal but i wouldn't expect him to be a guy that is automatically slated into, you know, the bullpen. He, he, I don't think that needs to happen. I think he definitely needs to be kind of a proven guy. I think you need to start him out in AAA and see what he has. If he's has something left, you know, I, and again, I don't want to talk for Ty. I don't, I don't know him that well. I have talked to him in the past, whether through instant messages or just in person or on the podcast, You know, he seems like a very smart guy. He knows what he wants. He knows the kind of direction he wants to be. And he is kind of counterculture to some of the modern Major League Baseball players where their focus is baseball, baseball, baseball. He has other interests, which is really cool to see that and kind of refreshing to see, you know, a baseball player put that out there in public. Because, you know, a lot of times with baseball players, you kind of just see the the facade, but you see how they are on the field. They kind of hold on to that publicly, and then they are who they are behind closed doors. I believe Buttry is who he is and he puts it out there, which is really cool. And and that's another thing. He does have a lot of stuff going on. How is the balance of that gonna work? Is he gonna miss that other stuff if now his time is being consumed by baseball? Because I mean, we all know it, we're fans. Baseball is a, you know, a grind. It's an everyday grind. Is he going to miss that other stuff and then kind of figure out, you know, maybe baseball wasn't isn't for me. Maybe I had an itch. I scratched it. I came back, I saw, I wasn't, you know, I missed all the other stuff, the other stuff fit me better. I'm gonna go back. We don't know that, we don't know his mindset to that. And so I don't know how much, again, as a business, as a team, as a franchise trying to make the next step, I don't know how much you can invest in a guy like that. I don't know how much you can invest without knowing for sure, hey, are you in on this for the long haul? Are you in it for, you know, the next year? Are you in on it? Because, you know, I, again, I can separate artists from art. Ty is, again, a great guy. I, I I honestly have nothing bad to say about Ty. He 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 gets it. He's funny. He he jokes around. He he's great with fans. He's a great guy. But if you're gonna look at straight the production part of it, do I think he's probably better than some of those guys in AAA right now? Yeah, I think so. But is he better than what the Angels have right now in the bullpen? Um, back in the bullpen, we know we have Iglesias. We know they have Warren. We know they have Loop. Um. You know, those three guys are going to do, I, I believe, are going to do really well in the back end. So those can be seven, eight, nine, and, and, and you know, in kind of any order you want. But you would think Austin would be 7, Loop would be 8, uh, Iglesias obviously be 9. And I think all those other guys are just kind of fillers to see how, you know, the hot hand. And if he gets to the hot hand, if he is the hot hand, then, yeah, write him. I have no problem with it. I guess my whole idea is just I'm a little speculative about how he can be that hot hand without playing for so long. And that's the only worry um, I have. Uh, Ray is the wild card if there's a a 2022 season. There will be a 2022 season lockout. I definitely have that as a topic. will be coming up pretty soon. But yeah, there's a lot of young guys that have made debuts with the Angels that could develop. And I guess that's the biggest question. Ty is not an older guy. I mean, you look at, people around he's not an old guy i think he's like 28 maybe 27 but if him and another young guy like a uh like oh andrew want or uh, andrew wants like some of these other young guys that uh, Marte that we've seen pitch if they're all on the same level do you give those innings to a guy that could be developing better for the next couple of years or a guy that you know has had issues after a heavy workload i you know and that's kind of again That's the baseball issue for me. That's the baseball question I have. Not necessarily, you know, oh, he doesn't want to be in the locker room or the locker room is not going to welcome him back. I think, honestly, the locker room will welcome him back for a couple of reasons. I'm sure every player in that locker room understands what he was going through last year. Uh, Not really loving the game, taking yourself away from the game, trying to find something else that makes you happy. But not only that, this team is is looking quite a bit different than last year. You know, obviously the pitching side of it, there's going to be a ton of new pitchers, but just in general, I think there's going to be a lot of different people in that dugout, in that bullpen that Ty hasn't seen met before or hasn't been teammates for. So in a way, you know, that's a new person to kind of win over regardless if he was there last year or not. Um, So I'm going to be really interested to see how that plays out. But if Ty does come back, when does he come back? I don't know. Again, if he comes back and he's on the 40-man roster, can they technically do that? Because they can't They can't mess with people on the 40-man roster. So can he even be brought back until after this lockout? And so you're not going to be able – let's just say the lockout ends in March. So now you're going to have to worry about a shortened spring training. You bring him in. You have no idea what he's done for over a year plus. You know, and you're not going to have a good idea what he can do until he gets into actual game. So at that point, you're starting him in the in, in AAA. I don't know how you can bring him up into the majors if he has a short spring training. And you can't – like that's the thing too about this lockout, how it sucks and probably hurts Ty, is that no one can go out there and watch him pitch and see if he still has it. And I'm sure like there's workarounds like, hey, take a video of yourself and post it on your YouTube and we can do it that way. But in person talking to – I don't think the Angels can have any kind of contact with him until this lockout's over because when he left now he's on the restricted list he's still on the 40-man roster I mean he was like on the 40-man roster like lists on MLB.com for a really long time after he was on the restricted list so this Ty Buttrey thing might not be resolved until the lockout is and even then it's gonna a- answer a whole bunch of different questions is you know where is he, where is he gonna fit with this team because at the time too you would think Angels are also gonna be making more and more moves for the bullpen once the lockout does happen I don't think if they welcome Ty back or they want Ty back, this is going to stop them from, you know, oh, we we got our bullpen. No, they're gonna make more more moves and that's gonna to add to competition and Ty's gonna to have to earn a spot there. But again, Ty's a great guy. I hope he I hope he does get back to 2019. Because that's only gonna help the team. That's only gonna help himself, and that's only gonna help, you know, the fans and I think that and that's what I want. I'm just again separate the artist from the art i am skeptical of that happening but i hope it does uh, big thing too was that he completely honest is why he left yeah he was completely honest why he left he wasn't trying to sugarcoat anything and i and i, and I think he gets a lot a lot of um i think he gets a lot of credit for that and he should he should he was completely honest with the fans he was completely honest with i'm sure with the teammates at the time and he should get a lot of credit for that but is i i think what uh, but she was in triple a before he made his decision to quit he wasn't triple a but he was also still on the 40-man roster so the, whether he was in triple a or the majors it doesn't matter he's on the 40-man roster so that's a totally different thing man that's rough uh dylan i don't know what to tell you uh, I, I, that's an honest thought i'm not going to sit here and, and sugarcoat and 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 act like every move's the right move or or i agree with every move again I hope he. I hope he does well. I do, but if you're going to ask me to to make a logical guess, and you know, I, I like to think about it as if you had to put up your mortgage and make a bet on X and Y, would you? What side would you put? I'm going to say, you know what, great guy, but I don't think he he gets to the level where he's a seventh, eighth, ninth inning guy with with the Angels. Maybe what's best for him, and maybe, and I wouldn't be mad about this either. If this was best for him, maybe the angels do dfa and maybe he does go pick up with another team you know I, I think he's he's based out of florida right now maybe it's an east coast team where he could be home more you know maybe that helps with with the mental aspect of the game and he can really focus in on that and that's and, and that might be what he needs and if that's what he needs that is um that is exactly what needs to happen oh i mean for his development because the lockout yeah I mean, I think that's a lot of guys now, especially minor league guys that want to get into the facilities and work out and show these coaches that they've been improving, and they have not been able to do that. Uh, I just uh, this is from Riverside Halo. I just think he might be lost in the fold with many younger arms trying to make their mark. And I agree, I I agree with that. I think obviously with the youth, we saw the youth movement in the bullpen last year with the with the Angels. You know, do you give a twenty? Again, I think he's like 26, 27 years old. Buttrey an opportunity when he's probably maybe just as good as a 24, 23 year old that can develop a little bit more. And honestly might have a little bit more upside, you know? So you hope that, but if budget comes back to the 2009, I'll say it right now, if budget comes back to the 2019 version of himself, he is going to be a mainstay in that bullpen. And he will be one of the reasons why that bullpen is makes the games very, very competitive because he will, he was a huge, huge part of that bullpen, a great arm, um, and honestly, that year, I think he should have been in an all-star and I think he got robbed of that. So if he can be that, the sky's the limit, I think, for the bullpen, because you already have the back end kind of sewn up. But I just as a person, as someone looking at a player, not you know, again, is a great guy, I have to see it first. Uh he's got the fastball to be competitive. Best bet that would be to give him the spring training invite and see what he's got left. Yes, spring training invite. But if he's on the 40-man roster, like I said before, He retired or was on the restricted list on the forty-man roster. So when he comes back, if he's activated and still on the forty-man roster, he's coming to spring training no matter what, unless again they trade him, DFA him, any of that stuff. So Ty Buttry again, um, really going to be interesting to see how this works out. I really hope it pays off for him. Really hope it pays off for the Angels. Again, great guy. Had him on the podcast before uh, during the twenty twenty world not World Series twenty twenty spring training before the lockdown so if you haven't listened to that podcast go back in time and it's saved on all our um archives check it out again great guy wife is great um he is definitely a good guy that you root for for sure so um now the next topic i want to talk about and i guess this is um it's, it's it's again we'll get to the lockout Soon, I, I teased it a little bit earlier, but we'll get to the lockout in a little bit. But another bit of news Angels related was uh, Patrick O'Neill getting the gig as play-by-play alongside Gooby. Matt Vaskirjan will be back. Matt Vaskirjan will hold the majority of the duties still. But instead of, again, and, and we had uh, um, Sutton at the beginning of the year, then you had... Um, you had, uh, uh, what was it? Let me see. Uh, you had Rich Waltz when he left. Um, and then Patrick O'Neill was coming in and out then too. So it was kind of a round table of, uh, a merry-go-round of, of play-by-play guys last year. But Valley Sports West, I think a week ago, comes out that Patrick O'Neill will be the second play-by-play guy when Matt Vaskirjan is not available or has other responsibilities. With that being said... There's one less responsibility that Matt Vaskirjan has, and that is Sunday night baseball. So will we see more of, of Matt Vaskirjan less of Patrick O'Neill or will it be kind of where it was last year? Whereas to me, I didn't do the numbers, but it seemed kind of um, 60, 40 versus the rest. I wonder if this year it's going to be more like 80, 20 or something like that. So it'll be really interesting to see how that goes and, and good for Patrick O'Neill. Um, you know, I enjoyed him when he was on there last year. I think he was a little rough around the edges a little bit. There are certain things, lead-ins, lead-outs, um, not talking over one another. But I think that's something that can be ironed out with practice and and, and um, work. So I think that is definitely um, a good way for the Angels to go keep it kind of in-house. And um, the big push for uh, NFL Network's Adam Rank to be pregame show I think is pretty cool, and that would be a really cool guy to have on there so um we'll see what happens hopefully adam rank is at pregame show and we'll we'll because he's a huge angel fan and he's from corona so um if you know who that is and if you know the work he's done for nfl network yeah i think it fits perfectly here he already knows the tv gig he already knows how to uh come in and out of breaks he already knows how to kick it to someone or or, or talking and and, and not stall, but just, you know, kind of uh, be a little bit of a, a traffic cop out there. And I think it would be really good for Angel fans to see another fan of theirs uh, in that pregame show. Man, am I am I the only one that never got over Sutton getting fired? Yeah, I was, I'm was. interested to see why that happened. I'm sure maybe there will be a book in the future where Sutton talks about it because I don't think if he's really going to try to get another gig somewhere with another team, I seriously doubt he's going to put all that business out on the streets and, and kind of – call out the angels it probably wouldn't be a the, or valley sports. So I'm sure it won't be a great look from. So maybe we'll find out down the road when he knows he's done, um, uh, calling games for, for good. And he retires, uh, Matt, what do you, uh, what do you see the angels going when the lockout ends? Do you see them signing Rendon or Rodon Rodon, or trading for Bassett, uh, uh, gray, Messiah Montas? Yeah. I, you know, it's hard to say right now, what their plans is to do? Just because, again, lockouts. There's no talk about it. There's not even like any leaks or anything like that. So you have no idea what they're planning to go, but or who I should say. But you do know they are going to go after pitching. You know they're probably going to try to go after another top end pitcher. Um, you know, I kind of do feel like it's going to be through the trade market. Obviously, so um, a lot of these guys that you're mentioning that are obviously in in Oakland are, I think, really good candidates for this. Really good candidates for. Um, to be on the angels and I, I think that's probably the way they're going to go as a trade market. But like I said, there's no talk. There's no none of that right now because of the lockout and, and as fans it sucks because you can't even really guess about what's going to happen. Um, you don't even, you can't even really guess cause there's not, um, uh, yes, it's a tell for people on the Instagram. It's my cat trying to be the co host. as uh, she's trying to uh, get everyone's attention here. But yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, I, you know, I think, obviously, pitching, pitching, pitching. I talked about with the Butchery thing. Obviously, I think they're going to look to add another arm in the bullpen, maybe two. You know, I think they're going to roll the dice on bullpen arms and see if one of them hits, and I think that's kind of the the, the vision for the bullpen then. Trade first, top-end arm. You know, hopefully they don't dip into the Adele, Marsh. I know that's a lot of talk with those two guys especially, but hopefully that doesn't happen. Um, hopefully they're able to kind of work some deals around it, maybe uh, uh, Jordan Adams uh jeremiah jackson those type of guys can be more so of the mainstay in those trades to get a a big a big uh big time pitcher everyone left on the trade market or free agent is going to go especially if the lockout goes into february yes i agree but what do you want to see the angels do is where i was getting what do i want to see them do um i guess if i'm just gonna be a, a total fan a total fan and just screw it who who cares who trades and who cares about this and make the money work uh i like the idea of rodon just because it's just straight money you're not giving up any prospects so you don't give up the. um you know if it does come down to a marsh or a dell you're not giving up a future outfielder for a pitcher you know you're signing it's just money so i guess that's the way i would um i would go just because like i said it's just money so if i'm just gonna be the fanboy and just be like i don't care i don't care you make the budget work i would say go that way for sure so let's talk a little bit now about that lockout. Obviously, um, about, uh, was it last week, last Thursday? I'm recording this on a Tuesday. So last Thursday, Major League Baseball and the Players Association had their, their first real conversation since December 2nd and the lockout started. So over a month with no talk. Obviously, part of that was the holidays. There's there's normally a three-week Uh, um, closing shop kind of deal with baseball regardless of how the CBA is just in general because of the holidays. So that was kind of part of it, but still um, no official talks until the second and uh, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. But honestly guys, I don't see this lockout ending anytime soon. I know the players are probably supposed to come out, come back with a counter offer within the next week or so. um, But I do not see how, um that those talks are going get to get it anywhere closer as far as um ending this lockout. It's not. I mean, it's the beginning of the beginning for the most part. So there's going to be a lot of haggling. There's going to be a lot of stuff in the media. I mean, if you've ever tried to buy a car or anything like that, you know you come up with your most outrageous offer to, to start out with and then you work your way down from there. And I think that's what the owners exactly what the owners did. Like, nope, we're not going to give you this. Nope, we're not going to give you that. We're not even going to talk about this. As the most kind of crazy offer, just so um, you know, there's a bargaining process to it. So, you know, I, I've said this before. I believe there will be a season. I kind of was already saying that I, I think there will be a 162 with a shortened spring training. I still kind of feel that, but I'm now leaning more towards a shortened spring training with a shortened season. Not a shortened season where it's going to be like the COVID year 2020, where it's only 60 games. I'm thinking more of a a, a short season where maybe there's like 150, 140, uh, 140, 150 games. Which people might not like this. (laughs) There might be some people out there that are traditionalists, which I completely understand. I think that's better. I think less games for baseball is better. Like obviously not 160 short. I think that's too short for a game like baseball. But I think if you could get the season down to 150, I think that's a perfect, you know, um, a perfect number for. Baseball, I think I think that's a good number. So that's kind of where I'm leaning at now. Where it will be 150 games short in spring training um, because you got to think about it. There's no hard deadline on this lockout to end. the The kind of soft, kind of hard uh, deadline is when games start professional the regular season games where players and owners start losing money that's when the negotiation will probably really start getting heated either at that time or a little bit before that time. But when we were talking about it a little bit earlier, the moves, the free agent moves the trading moves, there's a lot of guys out there still on the free agent market that need to be picked up on teams. So you're naturally going to give those guys and teams a two to three week period. Um, yeah, I think, I think my cat is trying to kick uh, me off this show. Uh, she wants to take over definitely, but now I think she's, calmed her ass down a little bit uh she's a little bit of a diva but going back i you know there's going to be a two to three week period whenever this lockout ends to get those moves done so even if you're looking at mid-february which is kind of less than a month away you're still looking at like a two and a half three week period of free agency trades and all that stuff so that's going to put you in the beginning of march which you're already going to miss that part of a spring training I believe, you know, obviously pitchers and catchers report a couple, you know, a week and a half or half a week or a week before spring training games start. So you'll have that. So there's a good chance spring training might not start until late March. Give them give them a a week and a half, two weeks, then into the season. So even if they get a, a, a plan done in a month time, a month from today, if they come out and say we have a plan, we have an agreement, this is what we're going to do. You're still sitting looking at a two, three-week period of just signing people and training people before spring training even starts. You're going to cut into spring training. I think that's a given now. Um, I think spring training's going to be the first thing to go, whether it's cutting it in half, uh, maybe only going two weeks of spring training, or just doing what they did in COVID and saying, hey, we'll give you two weeks of your inner squad, and you can play kind of teams local around you. Go down to San Diego, go to L.A. Um, come San Diego comes up. L.A. comes over. Like, Keeping it kind of local like that, like twenty twenty, I could see as a possibility. But as I say right now, there's no way that the spring training is going to happen as a full schedule. What sucks because as spring training, we 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 like going out there as fans and seeing the fans or seeing the players and getting close to the players. I honestly just don't think that's going to happen or near not nearly as long as we would want as fans. I think honestly, spring training is going to be a casualty of this season. Hopefully, it doesn't skip too much into the regular season but i think spring training is a no go this year at least not the full one for sure. Do you think there's a chance they skip spring training and go right into the season? I do not think that's going to happen. Again, i don't think they'll skip it completely. Will they rename it? Will they say, "Hey, this is training camp and you guys are going to be um you know, with your, with each other, with yourselves, with your teammates, with your organization and work out that way." Yeah. But there's no way you're going to go hey, we signed an agreement today, we'll give you three weeks to sign free agents or trades, and then we're going to start the season. That won't happen. Guys need to work up. Pitchers need to work up to um, be able to pitch. You know, Obviously, at the beginning of the season, it's not full games, but close enough. So if it's not a quote-unquote spring training, it's going to be a, a quote-unquote spring camp or quote-unquote enter inner, inter-scrimmage, you know, time or whatever. There's going to be some kind of preseason before the season just because you need to let those pitchers work up, and there's no way that the union, after fighting for whatever they're going to fight for and get whatever they're going to get, are going to put their pitchers in those situations right off the bat. You already have to think of there has to be some kind of a preseason. Do you think the short spring training helps or hurts the Angels' division chances? I honestly I don't think it affects them at all. I honestly... If you're gonna s if you're gonna sit here and think like the short and spring training in twenty twenty helped the Dodgers or um helped who they played. They played I think they they played the Rays, I believe, yeah. Um do you think it helped or hurt them? I don't know. I, I think the short and spring training probably doesn't help or hurt anybody. A short season, I'd be really interested to see if there is a short season how that affects certain teams like the Angels, because you already know Guys like Noah Syndergaard are going to be on a pitch count. You already know, you know, eyes are going to be on Otani to see if there's any kind of struggle, any kind of fatigue after last year. The fact that if a short season can now um, help those guys because they're going to be involved in a greater percentage of games helps the Angels for sure. But as far as the spring training goes, I don't think that affects them either way. But a short season I think kind of does help – the angels because they're going to have a handful of guys on uh, pitch counts. You know, like I said, Noah Syndergaard, I I honestly think Shohei might be on a pitch count. Just man, this is going to be uncharted territories with, with, with Shohei, just because we're not sure about if he's going to perform the same way. This has never happened. How's his body going to respond to this? He hasn't been able to see any of the pitchers or the angel trainers for, you know, since the lockout, that could be a good thing. That could be a bad thing. I don't know, but I just think the short spring training won't affect much teams at all. Maybe it'll help teams, you know, maybe because guys won't work as much they can stay healthier uh, and be able to come into the season healthier than they would normally. But we'll see how that happens. But, man, this lockout is going to be brutal. It's going to be brutal. I honestly think you're going to go probably the, the rest of this month. They might meet one more time to talk about the players, Uh, response but then probably that's it for january beginning of february you probably want to hear much maybe one or two things and then it's gonna get down to the nitty-gritty when that end of you know february beginning of march happens where it would technically be spring training i think that's where you're going to start hearing stuff daily or close to daily about we're getting close here or we made progress on that but until then i honestly don't think you'll hear much and that sucks as angel fans that sucks as baseball fans just because We want to go to spring training. You know, we want to see the guys out there. We want to see who the angels pick up for the bullpen. We want to see what they're going to do at shortstop. It's just, it sucks. We'll see how it goes. Any players like Carlos Rodon getting to be cheaper, the longer the lockout goes. No, I don't think prices are going to matter. Um, You know, guys like Carlos Rodon, I I think are going to, his price is going to be the price. Um, Carlos Correa, his price is going to be the price. You're, Third, fourth, fifth, level guys. I think how the lockout, what happens in the lockout, is going to have to affect those guys more than anything else. Your your top end guys, even like your A plus guys, down to like your A A minus guys. I think those guys are pretty much set in what they're going to make. And I think Anthony Rendon's kind of like a, a uh, Carlos Rendon. Sorry, it's kind of like that A minus B plus guy. So I kind of think he's going to have his his. I think he's already going to kind of have his market set regardless of how this, how long the lockout goes or how much um, goes back and forth with, the, with with the lockout. So I think he's kind of set. Correa picked up Boris as an agent. Good luck, Yankees. I, I mean, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, Correa is a very, very – or not Correa. Boris is a very, very big public or player guy. So anything you hear leaked out from the player's side is probably coming from Boris. Um, agents sh- aren't supposed to be in those negotiations with players but you look at the committee committee of players in the in in the negotiations a lot of them are Boris clients so I'm sure he's he- overhearing a lot of stuff I'm sure he's leaking out stuff to um, you know certain people to get try to get players to leverage so um if you hear a leak from a player standpoint i'm i'm would be pretty sure that's coming from boris and one of his clients so we'll see how how that goes but yeah lockout i I don't think happens ends anytime soon which sucks it would help the guys to get into arizona into tempe and get into those workout programs as much as they can you're trying to see guys now post their workout regimen a little bit marsh posted on his story today he's in the cage batting um, if you hadn't listened to the last podcast with Andrew Wants, the reliever for the Angels, he's already kind of working out and already kind of eyeing, uh, you know, as if they're going to start already because he said he'd rather be ready and then not start than them start and him not be ready. So we'll see what happens. I think uh, the Riverside Halo, I think it'll come down to a shorter spring training and maybe a slight drop in regular season games. Yeah, I think that too. I think you go two weeks spring training or two weeks camp, whatever they're going to call it. And I, I kind of feel like 150 games gives you about two weeks, maybe a little bit more than two weeks to kind of get your free agency market done and, and get your uh, trades and all that stuff in. So if I had to take a guess right now, and again, next week, next two weeks, this could all this could all change. I think two weeks spring training, 150 games is probably going to be the season, but that's going to be a hell of a lot better than – the 60 game season that the angels and major league baseball had for the, um, COVID-19 season. I think 150 doesn't necessarily hurt the game that much at all. If at all, it might actually make it better because you're going to be kind of more into the, Hey, you know, those early games don't really count. It's like, no, at 150, you know, you're kind of already hitting the floor running. And I think that's kind of, might be a good thing for baseball and draw more interest in it. With the news about Cray, um, hiring Boris. Do you see the angels have any chance at signing cam to me? I don't think so. But that's just me. I don't think they're really interested in Correa. I don't think that's a need. Like I said, coming out of it, I honest uh, out of the lockout, I think they will be targeting pitching first, starting pitching, bullpen pitching. I don't think, um, I don't think he will be a top of the the draft board, if you will, the top of the free agent board for the Angels, or should he be? Uh, I think they obviously need to invest that money in pitching and. And let's not forget, too, there's a big big cloud looming over the Angels after this season. Otani is going to enter his last year of arbitration at the end of this year. He'll have one year left under team control. Do you back up the money truck and give him everything he wants right now? Or do you give him that one-year arbitration and you hope you re-sign him when he hits free agency? And if you're going to try to back up the truck now – at the end of the season, if he continues the pace he has, you can't really afford to have guys like Trout, Rendon, um, Upton will be gone. But if you're going to sign a big-name a big name pitcher, you can't afford to have those big-name pitchers on there. You're going to start have to making decisions on some of your younger players as far as them coming up in free agency too. So Otani is a huge, huge cloud that can you know, part and show sunshine and everything good for the Halos or just pour down rain because – his price is going to be out of the Angels' range if they sign too many big contracts and need to start kind of planning for the future a little bit. And honestly, I think the Angels play out this year. See what if Otani's legit, and I by, by what I mean by legit is that he can continue to be at this level that no one has. And again, it's because this is a level no one has ever seen before. So to act like we know what the hell's going to happen year to year is just super naive. We don't know what's going to happen year to year with this guy because it's never happened. If it happens for another three or four years, great. If it happens just for last year, glad that we we as fans saw something special that we might never see again. But we have to kind of be realistic about it. What is he going to be three, four, five, six years down the road? Can he still do it? I hope he does. I just hope the Angels don't pay for it and he can't do it after the third year. And I have no idea what's going to happen with that. But when it comes to Otani, if you're going to say what the worst case scenario is, it with him is you sign him to be that two way stud, you know, hitting 50 bombs, him winning 20 games. If you're going to sign him up for seven years of that, and he only gives you three, that's probably going to be one of the worst poss- one one of the worst outcomes for Angels um, for a while. So you just hope that they're smart with his contract, whether that's incentive based, whether that's um, you know maybe short contracts two three years and he if he keeps on proving it you keep on backing the truck you keep on adding those options Um, so it's gonna be really interesting to see how they get creative with that contract because man Otani's gonna be like a year-to-year guy I have a feeling just because you, again you have never seen this before never seen this before and I don't know how long it's gonna last I hope it lasts until he's 40 years old and he's won eight MVPs but I have no idea if it's a one-year deal or a, you know, three-year deal, two-year deal, or whatever. So that's going to be something really, really interesting to see what happens. I, uh, I think it would be smart to see him pro- uh, production for this upcoming year. Yeah, that's why I think you'll see his production for this year. Knowing that you have a, an extra year as a safety net, you can start negotiating at the end of this coming year. And then if it doesn't work out, you know he's going to be with the team for at least one more year. Um, if angels don't give him 20, uh, 250 to 300 million someone else will exactly and I agree with that but how is that going to leave your team right now and then if you pay a guy for 300 million dollars for doing extra Y, and he only does that for three more years you know how's that contract going to look are we going to look at that at the end of his contract like we looked at the end of Pujols contract Pujols said okay but not for what he was getting paid for and that's my biggest worry is that Otani's going to get paid to be this two-way phenomenon, all-star. Again, 50 bombs, 120 RBIs, uh, 19 strikeouts or 19 wins, you know, top five in strikeouts. But then that only goes for like three years. And then what happens? That's my worries is... um, Worries more about Rendon contract than Otani contract. I think Rendon's contract is going to look mighty small compared to Otani's contract. So that's why I'm I'm not so much worried about it. What do you think about uh, our owner right now? Will he pay that contract? I think he will. I think, honestly, I think this offseason is going to be huge for Perry as far as the fan seeing, does he get, is he in Artie's ear enough to, to demand that respect to, to say, no, we don't need to do this or we need to do this. If it comes out, and it happens that Correa gets signed by the Angels, which I think is would be a big mistake. I think it'd be obvious that where that came from. It wouldn't be Perry. It wouldn't be the president. It would be an Artie move, and we would know then that Artie is still in charge and he's still calling the shots. If that money gets allocated to pitching, and Correa goes by the wayside and he goes sign somewhere else, and the Angels make good investments on pitchers here and there, I truly believe at that point we'll see that Perry has has Artie's ear and he's running the show. So I think the end of this offseason, whenever it happens after the lockout, I think that's going to be a huge factor of who is running this team because obviously with with GMs in the past, Pujols, Hamilton, um, Vernon, like those big contracts, those are already moves. GMs, and there's a saying, and you can ask anyone in baseball, those are not GM contracts. Trout, that's not a GM contract. That is an owner contract because – The only person in that organization that can okay a contract like that is the owner, not the GM, not the president, not any of those people, not the manager. It's the owner. So if we get another one of those big overspending contracts on Korea, we will know that Artie is still in charge because that is an Artie move. If he doesn't, we invest in pitching, maybe again, use that money to re up Otani's contract. I feel that will mean Perry is running the show and that, I feel a lot more comfortable Perry running the show that way than, than Artie. And I think everyone would at that point, I think Artie needs to kind of get out of the GM office, figure out what the hell's going on with the stadium, because there's news coming down that the sale not on, not on or it's on, not on. There's this fraud or, you know, I didn't read the article, but it just doesn't look like he gets as slam dunk as he was uh, a year ago. So Artie needs to go over there and, and focus on that. Let, let, let Perry run the GM building and our GM office with his player development side, and let him do him. Artie, go figure out what the hell's going on with your stadium, and make sure you didn't do anything illegal or any of that crap. Uh, this is just a big year to make a big jump to October. Trout is going into the '30s, and Shohei's in his last year. Yeah, I think you know every year from now until whenever Trout retires is going to be a huge year because you—that's the ultimate goal—is is to get him a ring, even if it's like at a. And I've even said this. Even if it's a Tim Salmon ring, which means end of your career, you know we're putting defensive replacements in for you. You're maybe DHing a little bit more, but you still get a ring. I think even if that's the case, you still need to do that. So pretty much from now to whenever he retires, there's going to be a big year for um, for the Angels. Uh, you think Rendon and Trout will have a breakout year? I I think Trout will. I think I mean breakout. I guess is is every person has their own definition of a breakout year. I think trout will have a trout year. Do I think he's going to be better than he has in the past? Like I wouldn't necessarily say yes, but do I think he's going to be who he's been? And I don't necessarily call that a breakout because that's just who he is. And same thing with Rendon. I don't necessarily think when I think breakout, I think of young guys taking that next step. I don't think Rendon and trout take the next step. I think they are who, who they are. Rendon's going to bring you a gold glove caliber, third base glove which is going to help a defense that was really really bad last year save runs, get runs that way, and also be able to produce and get get the, you know extra base hits. That's who he is. I think that's who he's going to be. As far as like breakout again, I kind of think breakout as Joe Adele having a breakout year, taking the next step. Brandon Marsh having a breakout year, taking the next step. You know, Patrick Sandoval I think had a breakout year last year by taking that next step before the injury. So we'll see how that how that goes. Um, Trey Trout. Get ball players and focus on rebuilding. I don't think you do that. I think you're too far gone. Um, You know, Trout will get you a pretty penny, but you're not going to get a dollar. I mean, you're putting, you know, pennies on the dollar if you do that. And and I don't think you do that. You don't do it to the fan base. And um, the only way that ever, ever, ever happens is Trout comes into the office and says, I want out. That's the only way that ever happens. And I don't think he's that kind of guy. I don't think you do that. I think you do your damnedest to rebuild around him. And, again, if that means he's 38 years old playing right field and needs to come out late for defensive replacements, but you still win that World Series, you owe him to that for sure. Again, unless he comes in, start banging a drum saying, I want out, you do not trade Trout. So if Perry's running the show the team right now, then let's say welcome to Freeman to Anaheim. Yeah, I guess that's way of looking at too. If there's any kind of big – position player type free agent market or free agent signings that angels don't necessarily need but looks good then yeah it would be a parry move uh that's that's for sure off topic are the angels still looking to get a new stadium or refurbish their current one i kind of talked about that one like a couple seconds ago there's a new article that came out and i don't know what the hell is going on with that stadium i guess i don't know if it was some shady stuff that he did or or he didn't go through the proper channels but like i feel like the city was fighting it or some other developers were fighting it that they didn't get a fair shot to, to bid on it. Or, you know, I, I I honestly do want to start looking into getting someone on the podcast that has written stories about it or knows more of it than I do. I have no idea what's going on with that stadium, but it doesn't look like a slam dunk, like either refer, like the drawing that they put out last year, or maybe a little bit more than a year ago where it's, you know, the parks and all that stuff. That seems like, even further away than we originally thought. We thought, hey, we'll get that, you know, by twenty twenty eight. We'll have a brand new stadium. Or twenty twenty seven. We'll have a brand new. Now it looks like, if that happens, twenty thirty two or <laughs> something like that. I don't know what's going on, but it does not seem like it is uh, going as smoothly as we were hoping for. Uh, name your starting lineup next year. I mean, obviously, with the guys we have now, uh, Stassi behind the plate. And again, this is not a batting war. I'm just, I'm just working my way around the diamond, Stassi. Behind the plate, um, Walsh at first, open competition at second, whether it be Renhifo, Stefanik, a couple of the guys that got brought in, that's going to be an open competition there. I'm not sure who's going to be there, but I think I do think they move Fletcher to short. Obviously Rendon, you have Marsh, um, Trout, and and Adele in the outfield, with Tawny DHing, you know, and I think – I think there's some guys that would be brought up that might be kind of. I think their fourth outfielder spot's going to kind of rotate. But again, that's what the players they have now. I don't think, you know, position players are going to make a big big addition in the meantime. Yeah, no prospects are worth the best player in the league. Will Fletcher, BR Everyday, I kind of answered that uh, in 22. I, I think that's the best move to make just because um, I, I just, I, you know, I. You, you save money that way. He he plays a good shortstop. There's no questioning that he plays a good shortstop. So you're not putting a guy out there that might be, oh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I think he does a really good job playing shortstop, and I think that's a good way of putting it. The argument was kicked down by the state side. It uh, said it did not met the regulations for development. Yeah, so I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of shit going on, and Ari maybe just needs to focus on getting that and getting his property. Thice, I do think Thice will come in as a backup catcher. Behind Stassi, but I do think they might sign someone, a, a catcher in the offseason. not Suzuki, but a guy like that that competes for that backup catcher to kind of push him to see if he can be that backup catcher, the everyday back or the you know the team's backup catcher. Um, I think I think he, I think he does end up getting that backup catcher position, but I do think they bring someone in to compete with him because I, I'm not sold on him completely yet. Um, Fletch doesn't really have the best of arm. I saw him play third base when Rendon went down a couple years ago. He made plenty of those throws. I think it's one of those sneaky arms where you're right, he might not have the best arm, but I also don't have to worry about that arm ending up in the third row of uh, behind the dugout either. So I think Fletch doesn't have the strongest arm. No, if you're, looking at, if you're ranking shortstops in the arm strength, he's not top three or top five maybe, but he's not bottom 30 either and he's going to make the plays. And I think he's a smart enough player. And this is kind of on the player and on the manager as far as shifts go, helping the player position himself right so he doesn't have to make the overly extended throw to first. So does he have the best arm? No. But does he have the worst arm? No. And he's made plenty of plays at third base, which obviously is a longer throw than than, than mess up. So I trust Fletcher 100% at shortstop this year if that's what they want to do. Off-topic, off topic, have you or anyone on here seen the asteroids up in space go through the telescope earlier today? Uh, I have not. Do you see this team 10, 15 wins over 500? It's hard to tell right now. And, again, it's happened a lot about that pitching staff. They, they, they rolled the dice on a couple of these pitchers. Um, obviously, Thor being the biggest part of it. If we get Thor anywhere close to what he has been, then, yeah, I could see him 10 games over 500, 15 games over five. I could definitely see that. But if he continues to not get healthy and continues to struggle, then no, this game, this team's going to be struggling at 500 or maybe even below. Um, we'll see what happens. Um, Brandon Davis is a wild card at short. I think going from A to double or A to triple deserves a look in spring training. Yeah, I, I think it's a wild card. I don't think he is. And again, if if the person at whoever plays second base is doing a good enough job, the only reason why you would move Fletcher from shortstop to second if the people at second cannot get their shit together. If they're fine and they're good, then then I don't think there's a reason to move him off of shortstop. You you know, you let them develop and and, and maybe be that extra guy off the bat off off the, off the uh, bench. Um, I played short to even being a smaller guy isn't as dominant. Yeah. Uh let's see. Uh trade Marshall Adele. I hope not. Um I honestly though I honestly hope you those keep those two guys because I think they've proven that they're gonna be two too you know, with with trout out there, that's gonna be your outfield for the next, you know, five, six years. So especially if those Brandon Marsh and Joe Adele take the next step, there there's a very good chance that those guys are gonna be all stars in the future. And I don't think you trade that right now. But uh, we'll see what happens. I honestly don't think they will. I hope they don't. I th- again, we'll see what happens. I hope they're able to kind of work deals around for maybe some of their next level um, next level uh, prospects. So, so we're kind of going close to an hour right now. So to kind of skip ahead a little bit and kind of talk about a little more with the Angels and kind of my two cents on it, nothing real big. International signing period happened. Angels signed 16 different players, which is great. Um, It's good that they're trying to get players in the system. Some very um, highly regarded guys. But at the end of the day, these are, you know, 16-year-old kids, 15, 16, 17-year-old kids that won't see the field for another four years, maybe five years, maybe depending on how old they are. Great. We'll see how it plays out. I mean, I don't know if you can get too excited about these guys, especially when you don't know how they're going to pan out. Some of these guys might not um, might not even see minor league baseball. I don't know. So um, we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll see um, how that works out. But again, 16 guys signed this international signings. You probably won't see them for another five years. Um, it is what it is, but at least they're trying to inf- influx this, this system with young talent. And hopefully, you know, if, if three of those guys pan out and they make their way up to the majors, then I think that's a good – signing class but that also means 13 of them didn't make them so um we'll see what happens hopefully but like i said there's a good chance joe won't be around when joe madden won't be around when these guys make major league debuts uh, you know general manager might not be around when these guys make debuts it's just how the business works but we'll see how um we'll see how this how this goes do you like uh who do you like out of the 16 players i mean I don't know enough of these guys. Like, I'm not going to sit here and, and BS my way through. Like, oh, I heard his swing is great in, in, the, in the DR. Like, I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll see. Like, once they get to the States in a couple years and they start their process at the low A level and they're over here in San Bernardino, then oh, I'll be like, okay, that, that kid looks good. I'll look up. Like, okay, he was part of the 2022, you know, international signing class. Oh, okay, now I can go back and look at him. But I, I don't try to tell the future that way. Like, let me wait till they get to the – to to Inland Empire at least, and, and they're 18 years old, and I can see them that way. So we'll see what happens. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you guys. I'm not going to be like some 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 other people. So we'll see what happens. Do you think Madden possibly gets an extension if, if we make the playoffs at least? I think so. I think they might be even talking about that right now. I think either he gets an extension or he retires. I don't think you'll ever see a quote-unquote firing. But, you know, we'll see how this goes. But I think this team does is good enough to make the playoffs if everyone stays – relatively healthy. Again, I don't think any team will be a completely healthy all the way through this, the, the season. You just need to kind of keep your major, major injuries low. And and hopefully everything pans out the rest of the way. So something happened and this will be the probably the last topic, unless some other stuff start popping up questions again, we're on Instagram live. uh, Halo underscore Haven. We'll start doing these more and more as the season gets closer and closer and, and definitely more and more as the season starts. But, Another thing that kind of got interesting that caught my eye, and I, I'm interested how this all works out or, or people's reaction to this. Um, Ken Rosenthal, not, they're saying not renewed at the N- MLB network. Um, so, you know, obviously the reason comes out that he was critical of, of Manfred and his handling of the 2020 season, and the COVID and all that stuff. And people were kind of like, I don't know, maybe outrage is not the right word, but that's what it kind of seemed like about that. Him not being brought back. I think that people have to realize is that MLB.com is for me personally, MLB.com or MLB.com, MLB network is great for highlights. It's great for you know um like recaps and, and stuff like that. They do a great job with top hundred players and or top, you know, shortstops, whatever that's great. That's cool. But if you're looking for like honest to God, like kind of journalism stuff, that's not the place to find it. Um, MLB network, uh, NFL network, MLB, uh, or NBA.tv, you know, NHL network, those, all those networks are all owned by the owners of that sport, which in turn also means the, the um, commissioner is in charge of running it for the most part. So you know, the comment It doesn't matter if the comments were said. And someone says the comments were said to were said to be off air. They weren't off air exactly. They were, because I, I, Ken also writes for the Athletic. So he said it in the Athletic, where he can be a true general journalist because the owners don't own that. But just like if you have, uh, if you if you're working at a job, and you post something on your Instagram that is public that is public for anyone can see and you're talking mad crap about your boss and your boss comes across his desk and he's like oh wow that's how he really feels I mean you can't fault the guy being like no okay you can take it out of here you can get out of here And I think that's kind of what happened um and you know that's unfair that sucks but I think you honestly if you're looking for journalist stories types of news for baseball breaking news type of stuff you have to go to kind of their independent not independent because they're really well backed but like the athletic local beat writers because you can't you can't you can't necessarily depend on mlb network for that type of news is because man they own they own the streets you know they own it's almost propaganda at a certain point so you know ken rosenthal will be still doing his work on um uh, Fox and Athletic and that's obviously Athletic I think is a really good place to go for that kind of information but yeah it kind of sucks but hey it's the way it goes and, and I saw a lot of people were upset about it but you can't be talking about your boss like that even if it is on a different platform but if it's out in public it's out in public now if he said that in private to his buddy and his buddy ratted him out about it then that's a whole different story but if it's out there in public then there you go As of right now, with the players on each team, who wins the West? um, Right now, well, the A's still have all their pitching staff intact, so they're going to be competing for the second or third spot. I still think Houston will probably come in first. Seattle's going to be up there. Honestly, I think I would say you wouldn't see too big of a difference but how the season ended. Maybe Seattle takes a step back just because they haven't necessarily added a ton, and you're kind of thinking with those young players, do they keep on developing Um, angels added pitchers? And so you hope that that helps. But if I had to rank the West right now, so Houston, Houston, Oakland, I still trust their pitchers more than I trust uh, Seattle's pitchers, Seattle, and then angels fourth right now. So that's why I think there's still moves that need to be made. And I think if and when the A's start trading off some of their guys that they owe money to, then I think that's going to change it completely. If they get rid of Olsen, they get rid of Montas, they get rid of Bassett, then that's going to change that team completely. And I think they'll they'll drop down quite a bit. And especially, too, if the Angels are there to pick up those guys, those pitchers and and trades or whatever, then I think – that um, is going to be a, a win for the Angels, too. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, Angels still have work to do, and I think the A's will have work to do in the opposite direction when the lockout ends. I believe the owners need more accountability. You're right. I just don't know who's who holds them accountable. They own the league. You know, who holds them accountable? You can't. It's like Your boss should be more accountable. Okay, who's going to do it? you know players want to make money players you know invested not invested but gave their life to this certain skill set to be an MLB player and they're not going to just walk away for you know walk away from it to go get a regular accounting job and the owners know that so you know lockout is going to be interesting the lockout is going to be frustrating for sure but we'll see how it how it happens so That's going to wrap it up for this edition of the All Angels Podcast. is going to wrap it up for our Instagram Live also. Thank you, everyone, that stopped by on Instagram Live. A lot of banter back and forth. i love to see it. Uh, Love for everyone who um, participated. Um, But, you know, I I can't thank you guys enough. This podcast doesn't happen without you guys. Um, Please go back if you haven't already. Go back, listen to the Andrew Wants Podcast from last week. That was a lot of fun. And shout-out to those guys Um, back east getting a lot of love a lot of emails from people back east that listen to it that are you know his home he's the hometown hero kind of guy and we all you know look up to him and and, you know i know his dad or i know his mom and, and i really enjoyed it so uh if those people are still listening even if it's not an andrew wants podcast thank you very much i love getting uh seeing the east coast numbers go up when i interview an east coast uh player. So, uh, love that. Love that. Hopefully have more guys on as we get closer, closer to the season, but definitely follow us. Halo underscore Haven, uh, Twitter, Instagram, all angels podcast is our email. Reach out to us. Anytime you have a comment concern or anything like that, always trying to make this better. Always trying to make it more fan friendly. If you have a different way of trying to make it better than the Instagram live, then I'm all ears. I just, we've always had the best response on Instagram live and that's kind of why we do it. Um, but until next week, I should come out next week. Hopefully, I'll have a guest on. I kind of have some ideas rattling around in my brain. Hopefully, it happens. Hopefully, it works. Um, But until then, thank you guys again for listening. Really enjoyed it. Please rate, subscribe, review iOS, Spotify, all those other podcasts that I'm probably forgetting. And uh, for people watching on Instagram Live, thank you for uh, holding on because you're right. My cat was trying to bust down the door for the most part. She is now sleeping, now, at the end of it, of course. But uh, thank you again. Really appreciate it. I am Dale Garcia, and this has been another edition of the All Angels Podcast. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills.